Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is LA-based writer Beverly Graff. We're going to talk about her debut novel, Genesis X. Welcome to the show. Hi, Janine. Thanks so much for hosting me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, your, your book was really intriguing. How did you decide to write this science fiction, twisted new take on Greek myth? I think there were a lot of things coming together on that. Um, one, many, many moons ago, you know, way back when I was in grad school, I heard a fabulous lecture on Sophocles and that got me thinking. And, but I didn't actually start writing it until much later. And um, finally, I, you know, I, I worked in the film industry for a number of years in development, uh, okay. helping other writers get their work um, onto the page or the screen. And um, finally, I you know, decided I just have to get my own stuff done. And I'd had, that was one of the, the main ideas that just got its teeth into me and I, it wouldn't let go. And so finally I did put it down on paper. And then, you know, it, it ended up just being timely in a certain way since here we are with the pandemic and there's right. a plague in the book, although yeah. in the book that's Alzheimer's attacking the young, you know, which is something that would scare me unbelievably. I would say so, yes, yes. My students. Was it, the kind of, was it the kind of thing that um, you had the idea and it was kind of nagging at you? Yes, yes, yes. As I put it, it's, some ideas get their teeth into you and they right. just don't let go until you actually write it out uh, in terms of that. So that's yeah. that was the thing. Couldn't let it go. I always say that it reminds me of the Elizabeth Gilbert book, Big Magic. Uh -huh. where, where an idea comes to you and you need to grab onto it because it'll go to somebody else. That's it. I fully believe the Duende or whatever you want to call it, you know, the spirit um, that it will come. And if it, if it doesn't come through you, the spirit of the time will find another way to get out there. So definitely. Yeah. yeah. The ones that really speak to you, you've got to, got to, you know, pay attention. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. How are you doing with this whole, you know, coronavirus and, you know, staying at home? Do you find that writing has been a huge outlet? Yes, I do. I've, I've been tremendously lucky because number one, I can teach online and then I can write. Good. Um, so I've been blessed. You know, I realize it's much harder for people with small businesses own restaurants or something like that. It, that's that's got to be really, really difficult. Sure. Yeah, I've been very lucky in that I can do what I do um, from home, and it's ended up being a very productive year for me. Um, you know, it's just you, you. What mostly what I miss are the conferences and the chance to meet sure. other writers, and you know, now get the book out. Not a great year to have a your first book come out when I you know. really get out there. But you know, like I say, I've, I've been much more lucky than many many people, and I do realize that. So. I have to say, Beverly, though, I found that talking to people like yourself and doing it, not just audio, but video has been tremendous because people can actually see what you look like. And watching a conversation is sometimes more intriguing than listening. Sometimes. Oh. Well, that's interesting. I always, I, I keep your picture big and mine small because I always, when I look at myself, I feel like, oh God, you look like the Crip Keeper, Bev. You really oh, go lighting and, you know. <laughs> Lighting and makeup, Maeve and Sirisot, they work all that magic on this on the set. Uh, I see with the actors. I'm like, oh God, forget them, help me. You know, You're I need funny. Help. <laughs> We're our own worst critic. We are. Yeah. There's Probably. many days when I'm like thinking, oh, 
no, I did I really wear that or you know, and we, we just you know critical. Yeah, it's That's, hard to be on Zoom all the time. It is, it is, and um, I, you know, and again, Zoom's been wonderful. You know, I mean, I mean, what will we do without it? You'd be totally isolated. Sure. You know, when yeah. things shut down. I know. Like I say, it does allow you know for this kind of you know meeting somebody, which is great. You know, yes. and all that. Yes. And, uh, and for students as well, so it's it's wonderful. Sure. But, Tell me more about your book without giving too much away. Well, let's see. Um, again, against this backdrop of this plague, I have this detective who's got real father issues. Um, you know, his dad was a corrupt cop and an, and an addict of this new drug we've called green ice, which is basically more powerful, more potent even than fentanyl. And um, so Eddie has uh, these issues where he's trying very hard not to be his father and sort of running away from that that past. And he gets caught up in this case that starts out in a kind of classic way, you know, a suspicious overdose. But before long, you're finding out there's much more involved and it takes you into the world of cutting edge reproductive technology um, and things that are happening with that. Um, and then it, you know, goes spinning into Greek mythology. So that's all Amazing. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do these ideas come from? I mean, do they come from just watching the news or when you're taking a walk, you get this idea for this twist, this turn, because you have a filmmaking background? Mm -hmm. Yeah, from all over. I, I, you know, when I talk to other writers too, I realize, you know, there are things come at you all the time. So sometimes it'll be something on the news. Um, yeah. For me, since I'm teaching both film, TV, and Greek mythology, Greek and Roman mythology, wow. all that stuff comes together. And I'm always trying to impress on the students how um, these great myths from the past and our wisdom tradition that comes down to us and that is, is ever present. And it comes up in all kinds of pop culture and you know everything. Um, and science, of course, you know, just it's all around you. It's, it's a question yeah. of recognizing it and then for me, um, it's uh, popularizing, um, I would say too. So then trying to find a plot that works with these uh, these things. But yeah, the ideas are always out there. I love that, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what advice would you give to people that are struggling writers right now? Well, I would say number one, don't give up. I know that sounds trivial, but I, I wrote for a long time and I was sending the book out to different agents and I went you know, to conferences and it, it takes a while. You really have to be enormously persistent and keep writing you know, with that um, and keep practicing the craft. And then there's the business side, you know, you're also working on um, all the time. But um, I, I'd say that's the main thing, just keep at it and yes. keep, keep trying to up your game always. But you know, don't give up because you will, you will get discouraged. And, and okay. the other thing I would say is when you get rejection and you will most likely, you know, there are one or two blessed souls who strike gold the first time, but most of us don't. Right. Um, I found it's very helpful instead of spiraling into any kind of depression to take action. So you immediately, you know, you get a rejection, you do a rewrite on something and send it out that day, you know, mm -hmm. to another you know, another agent, if you're trying for that or a short yes. story, you send it right back out. And I find if you keep taking action, that really prevents the depression. The momentum. It, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. And I would say write different kinds of things. So if you mm -hmm. like writing scripts, write some short scripts, try to write a feature, write short stories, just the, the, the writing muscle never ends, you know, just keep exercising that muscle. 
I think that's true. And I think for writers, you have to do something every day in writing. I'm not saying you'll get a thousand words a day. I mean, I, I read somebody who did that. I said, God, you know, I, I never managed that. But, um, right. you know, I'll have, I'll have one or two days where I get a thousand. And then the next day, it's like if I get a paragraph, I'm good. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it doesn't work like that for me. But something. You're always working on the story. And like you, I use sort of short stories as palate cleansers. You know, the, the novel takes so long and it's so complex with, you know, subplots and all this stuff. Yes. And the short stories are more contained. And, and so that can be a good palate cleanser. And yes, definitely, you know, we're living in a golden age of TV. So I'd love to, you know, adapt, say, uh, stuff that I write and, and you know. I was going to ask that. I was going to ask you if this book, because I could envision this book as a film. Well, my agent and I have had some preliminary talks about that. So um, I would certainly think about putting together a pilot and a treatment. I mean, I've, you know, taught that for others and I've worked with a lot of writers um, in the TV and film world. So we'll see. It's all, all about time, right? As I'm right. writing the next book and stuff. So get going with that. Oh, you are writing another book. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm two books. I've got a one, the next one finished and well, the dre you know, the rewrite done and I'm doing some edits for my agent. And then I'm on the third book for the first draft. Amazing. So, you know, getting, keep going, keep going. I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, gotta, gotta keep going and get stuff out. <laughs> uh, do you, do you find it's better when you have momentum? I don't like when I have nothing like if it's slow or, you know, yeah. I, I need that busyness well I've never had pure writer's block I've been stuck on a given story say but again my my method then is well okay that one doesn't want to go that means something in the subconscious is working on it yeah do something else either there's another story maybe you can push that and get that done or, or mm -hmm. work on character you know biography or something or you have some things for the business side that you need to do something it's good but, always keep going. You can always do something in any given day. Sure. Maybe you can't solve the key problem in the plot that you're trying to work on, but there's something you can do. Were there some challenges when you were writing this? Like, did you know at the beginning where it was going to go at the end or did it kind of evolve as you process what you're writing? I knew where it was going to go. Um, for me, the challenge is trying to have some fresh twists on things that the reader wouldn't suspect, you know, mm -hmm. um, and to make the ending feel both inevitable, but not predict completely predictable. So yeah. you, you're trying to get that, that sense that comes from the mythology. And then, um, you know, to have fun with the future tech. That one of the challenging things for me was writing my first book in first person from a male, a young male perspective. And the character had to be that for the story I was telling. But I would have preferred my first thing to be from a female point of view, just less of a leap. Fortunately, I'm in a writer's group with, you know, some wonderful men. And so I always told them, look, if I do something that's just obviously like no guy, this way would ever do that. <laughs> so they, you know, they made it clear to me that this this detective would never know the color fuchsia, for example. It would, okay. <laughs> he would never say that out loud. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, yeah, I made some Good. changes. You know, that that was a challenge. Yeah. That, was a challenge. that just spoke to you to have this male role instead of a female. 
Well, it had to in nature, in the terms of the story, and I can't give too much away with what happens right. at the end, but it just had to be a male point of view. I couldn't do it from a female point of view. Sure. The story wouldn't work. So I just had to say, okay, you know, um, you're just going to have to try and up your game and write it from that point of view. And fortunately, um, men have been very generous when I've had them read. They haven't said, oh, you know, you can't write that because that's not what you are. So I've been lucky. That, that's that good. They've been that's forgiving. Good. You know, that's I'm good. sure there are things I get wrong. Uh, well, it's good you have the writer's group. And where do you teach online? Um, well, I teach, um, I teach at Pepperdine, um, I teach mm-hmm. film at, at Pepperdine, and I teach um, uh, Greek and Roman mythology at Cal State University Northridge. Great. And I teach um, um, antiquity on film at UCLA every now and again, and, um, and at UCLA, um, 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 you know, the, the evening classes and everything. I teach film and TV and all kinds of Fantastic. And that's what you knew you wanted to do earlier on in your life? I thought, well, I went to, I went to grad school and I got my doctorate in classics. So I did figure I would go straight into academia, Mm -hmm. but I took a detour. I went into the film industry. I had worked in the music industry in between undergraduate and graduate work. And, um, and then I came back out uh, to Los Angeles where my family is and, um, was just working there and different things happened. Um, I started, you know, working and I, I did some German translation and some things. And then when I finished my doctorate, I ended up working um, for a German director, Percy Adlon and things. Amazing. Yeah. So it kind of went like this. Isn't and, it so interesting? Cause your doctorate yeah. was in, when you say the classics, is that Greek and Latin? Yeah. Greek um, Latin. term philosophy. Yeah. So you do that and maybe people are saying, how come you're not going into academia and then you go into film, but it all connects, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And, and the more so when you look backwards, as opposed to forwards, when you look backwards at your life, you realize how, Oh yes, that was very helpful for this. And mm-hmm. you never would have, you know, done this, would, would I have done even, you know, the German, um, and that's the third classical language, really, you need it for all the scholarship, but that ended up helping me in the film industry, too, and then a lot of the story work you do in film, I was a VP of development, so I was always looking for material to make into films and TV okay. shows, and um, the basic story structure was enormously helpful to be trained on the classics and trained in a very rigorous program, you know, in theology and philosophy. So really, really, it ended up being useful. I mean, it's not anything you would look at and say, oh, that's practical. No, you know, (laughs) Uh, it's more the Steve Jobs thing. I don't mean to compare myself with him, but when he studied calligraphy and whatnot, nobody would have thought that that would end up being useful, but it was, of course, for the design. Yes. Um, and it's only later you see that that was, it is only later that you see it's not when you're initially outside of it and you're thinking now what, and people are saying, how come you're not? And then you start questioning yourself. Yeah. Right. I think I've, I've learned, I'm a head person. Um, but I've learned to have tremendous respect for that intuitive side and the wisdom of the body that I never, as a as a kid, really got. But um, the older I get, the more I, I realize. Oh, when you get those strong, you know, um, feelings that you need to do this. Yes. Pay attention. You know, because yes. it's often some door that will be opening that will that will actually 
help with a breakthrough or, or be very helpful for you. You know, that's great advice right now for people, especially people out of work, you know, wanting to switch gears and pivot is to pay attention, trust your gut, you know. I think that's true. And, you know, again, I know, I know we're living through a tough time. I see it with students and people all around, you know, but there are things that you can do. I've seen a lot of people come up with great new innovations because, you know, they're using the crisis as um, a kind of incentive to try something different. And yes. I think that's always a good thing. You know, don't, don't try not to let yourself spiral into those pits of despair. You know, there's usually something you can do. And if you take action, um, it will help you get through it. Yeah. I really feel that very strong. That's great advice right now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? Uh, no, well, shameless self-promotion that they can get the book at um, either Fairwood, um, um, press.com or Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, any independent bookstore near you. Okay. Um, to keep, you know, at, if you're a writer, then keep writing and, and keep sending your material out. You know? Yes. And I put all your information on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Oh, thank you so much, Janine. Really appreciate it. This has been fantastic. And I really enjoyed connecting with you. Likewise, I really, really appreciate you hosting me. It's been a delight to get to know you and to get to know more about your show. So wonderful. Thank you very much. Oh, sure. And thank your dog for being so quiet. He's been very quiet. Now I have the cats crawling all over me. So. <laughs> it's like, uh, we have a whole menagerie here. You know? Oh gosh, it's so yeah. funny. You know, you see everything when you're doing this on Zoom. That's yeah. it. You know, you can tell them to not to do, but you know, cats don't pay attention. So. <laughs> I do want to mention that you told me previously when we chatted that that painting is by your dad. Behind you. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you can see that's just a little, you know, he was obviously, he was an, an aeronautical engineer, worked on Mercury and Apollo, you know, and uh, sending the. Did he really? Know, oh yeah. All, the whole space program. But he um, also, like uh, like me, had a, an interest in antiquity, so he did a little the little um, amateur enthusiast painting of the Colosseum. So that I always keep that with me. Painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. really enjoy that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with me, and uh, and I loved hearing about your book. And I'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Dean. Appreciate it.